0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Goat Show. It is Friday, October 29th. And um yeah, we're going to be talking about week 7 of NFL action this week. As you probably know, I am Goat. I'm here with Ryan again today from Greatness Debates.
1: Hello everyone. Yeah,
0: so uh yeah, we're just here to talk about a a weird week, really. Um Lackluster, yeah, uh, just... not close games, but there's still a lot that I found interesting. Um, mm-hmm.
1: at least like narrative wise, yeah, just
0: crazy ones like the Bengals beating the breaks off the Ravens in Baltimore, and like, um, the Patriots just dominating the Jets. I thought, I mean, not that that was unexpected, but like, <laughs> um, the, the
1: essential white, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so yeah there's some stuff to unpack and then obviously we have our goat of the week to announce again um i was just telling ryan before that i forgot to put up the uh voting until (laughs) i went to check and realized that there was nothing to check so it's up now and then uh by the time Yeah, by the time we're going (laughs) to announce that, hopefully there's enough votes that it's actually
1: uh, definitive. So, Better late than never. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Even as light as the podcast itself. Yeah. We manage.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess the only really interesting thing, kind of outside of any of the games this week, that I wanted to go over a little bit is... um, the trade deadline is coming up. There's a few names floating around, but the biggest one obviously is Deshaun Watson. Um, I think the biggest thing here is that most teams want to wait and see what happens with the legal issues, so I kind of anticipate nothing happening. Um, or it will be like super clause heavy where it's a lot of like, okay, but if if this happens, then um. Yeah, just that sort of thing. So, I would say it might as well wait until the off season because you don't even know if he's <laughs> going to be able to play this year anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, we've talked about, like, our ideal fits and stuff for him before. But, yeah, it's kind of where I stand on that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, I really agree with that. And especially since, you know, we're seven weeks going on, eight weeks into the season really see the use of trying to trade for him and play him after all of this. And then especially with the legal issues, I think it's best to just give it time and then just see how things play out. Um, I I know that, you know, since we're talking about this happening in the off season, we might as well not talk about trade targets, but I would just briefly give mine just based upon how things have gone so far throughout the past seven weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, My top three would just be Miami, the WFT, and the Panthers. Uh, Personally, I'm going to talk about this a bit later, but I think Miami should at least stick with Tua for the rest of this season. And since they have so many issues in their offensive line and their defense, I don't know if sending a ton of important capital to to Houston is the best route to go. Uh, WFT's interesting to me because... I don't really think Heineke's it as a franchise guy, but if I would give like the top team that I think should go after Watson, I would say Carolina, since the since as an organization they've been so aggressive to try to acquire talent, and they have so much talent already, that I think that Deshaun Watson could be the guy that would put them over the top. But just thinking situation football wise, that's the top three teams I think. Would will be, will be in this potential bidding war for Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, that makes the most sense. Um, I personally don't like the fit in Miami, and maybe that's just because I mm-hmm. don't like Miami, but. Um,
1: <laughs> Doll frauds.
0: I just don't really like where they're at for him. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit more later. Um, yeah, like I've said multiple times before I'm pretty sure Uh, I do definitely like the fit in Carolina obviously he's from that area Um, I like what he could do with those weapons there
1: Joe Brady calling the plays and scheming
0: yeah Uh, so there's a lot of potential there Um, plus I think we'll just look better you know yeah
1: Um, they do have nice colors yeah my eyes
0: it just yeah I mean, obviously that doesn't actually matter at all, but, um, you know, for, for marketing purposes, it's better, better for the league, you know? Um, yes. one team I do think, I don't think this is realistic, but I kind of like a match is Watson with the giants. Cause if you think about it, they, they have some nice weapons. They have two first round picks this year. So that's. In theory, it should be possible. I don't think – obviously, nobody's talking about it. I don't think it's likely at all, really, Um, just based on kind of their cap situation and where they're at with Daniel Jones. Um,
1: But I do think that would be interesting,
0: and maybe that's just me.
1: But I have never thought about that, but um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Deshaun Watson can uh, catch one-handed passes, though. Apparently, yeah, that's part of the job description. That's that's another quarterback great
0: that uh Daniel Jones has that not not everybody does, so
1: <laughs> yes, um, yeah, so he apparently he's Vanilla Odell now,
0: yeah, he Vanilla just, Vic he and Vanilla Odell.
1: Um, he's assembling the infinity stones of um <laughs> of like elite traits, I guess, or uh, yes.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, oh, but, yeah. If you can, if you can block, if you can cover,
1: if you can kick, he can just play, play him everywhere. <laughs> I think that's the one that he should focus the most on.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Anyways, we'll we'll talk more about that in a bit. But let's start going through these games, shall we? Um, obviously, we did the last episode after the Thursday night game between the Broncos and the Browns. Um didn't talk about that much, and that's probably okay because there wasn't a ton to talk about. Uh most notably Dernis Johnson went off in his first real opportunity, rushed for 146 yards and a touchdown. The Broncos just weren't good enough. Uh, <laughs> this is that they should have how entered the Browns, Browns were uh, the fact that they, they were coming <laughs> off a huge loss to the Cardinals. This was like if the Broncos are going to do anything this year. This was something they should have done against, yeah, Case Keenum and this makeshift uh, Browns roster. Um, yeah, here we are. The Browns won seventeen to fourteen. Um, and they're looking pretty good coming off a long week. Going into from this time that the Broncos give Locke a real shot, we've talked about that before. Hmm. Uh, I just think Teddy doesn't give them the upside to compete with these better
1: teams. You know. Yeah, I'd agree, and um, I always figured this process would be the opposite where, like, they went with Locke for the arm talent upside, and then if that didn't work, then they would go with Teddy, the mm-hmm. more stable option. But now it's kind of on the flip side where they won it early. You know, their defense looked good. You know, Teddy was efficient playing with a decent plethora of weapons. Of course, Jerry Judy's been hurt. But um, I I think I know that Teddy himself was injured, and he looked like it against Cleveland, but man, he could not push the ball down the field. And even during that game, I really think that they should have given Locke a shot. Cause honestly, I think if Locke was playing, I know this sounds weird, but I think that Locke could have won them that game, won Denver that game. Cause possible. Very winnable. I mean, 17, 14 outcome, very winnable for Denver. And like you said, it's a game they needed to win in order to try to stay competitive after all these straight losses after starting three and zero. So this was just a terrible loss for Denver, who's in, who's in a very weird right now, especially with some of the um. I don't. I guess I should use the term drama regarding Fangio and his job, and I don't really know what to expect from them going forward. But um, kind of like what you said, Cleveland like winning, still Cleveland winning with a kind of makeshift team, is impressive. And De Johnson really de earned his great performance.
0: That's that's pretty good.
1: That's right. I I just I thought of that when he first said his name, and I was waiting <laughs> until this moment to, to make the pun. So
0: yeah, no, no, no
1: that that's that that's one to kind of
0: kind of be proud of. Um, that's for
1: Okay, I I earned that. I earned that one.
0: And the magic's gone. Um, Okay. This was this was a weird. I I expected looking at this game. Um, I thought Miles Garrett and Von Miller were just gonna go shot for shot, just Mm -hmm. racking up sacks. Um, Garrett finished with one and a half, and Miller
1: had zero. So. Yeah, he spoke a little too soon, <laughs> saying he was going to kill yeah. whatever tackle was playing for. Kobe. Yeah,
0: I was excited, but um, did not live up to that, which I guess <laughs> plays a factor in the long run. Um, mm. I don't know. I think that's pretty much it to unpack from this one. Nothing really yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, just hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the Broncos maybe shake it up sometime soon.
1: Yeah, their division's gonna go. Now and is only going to get better as the Chiefs figure out how to play football. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. They're not doing themselves any favors right now. Um, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Moving on to uh, Sunday, I'll start with the Packers and the Washington football team. Um, obviously, this was considering before last night's game, which is obviously really impressive. And I'd like to get to that later mm-hmm. if we have time. Um, but this one was a lot closer than the 24 to 10 score suggests. Washington had three failed fourth down conversions. And two of those were inside the Packers <laughs> three yard line um, plus a missed field goal. So that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of points left off the board. Um, one interesting stat thing that I found from this one, which I know you're already probably rolling your eyes at, is that uh, <laughs> Taylor Heineke was the first quarterback in NFL history with 250 passing yards and 90-plus rushing yards in Lambeau.
2: Um,
0: also, I realized this week that I'm getting really good at spelling Heineke from memory. Hmm. Pat myself on the back for that,
2: um, <laughs> but yeah, <So> we're all also- <laughs> improving.
0: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, another good game from rogers at this point. Um, because I have some stats here, not including last night, he was 15 to one touchdown interceptions uh, since week two. I believe he added. Two touchdowns last night, no picks. So that would be 17 to one in the last seven games. Not a bad stretch, eh?
1: Yes, I'm surprised you didn't say that Aaron Rodgers is the first quarterback to throw two touchdowns and no picks, uh, driving a Tesla on a 60 degree night. <laughs> GFB stats. I didn't forget that,
0: Not crazy. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I don't know. There, that was pretty much everything I that really stood out to me from this one. Did you have anything else to add?
1: Not really. It was just kind of a bizarre game, just looking at it, like you noted with all the failed fourth down conversions and this field goal. It was nice to see Washington make the effort, but uh, yeah, just just kind of, a, kind of a weird game among men.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, did you actually see the one? Um,
0: it was a third down would have been a touchdown run by Heineke. Um, yeah, but he was down, yeah. <laughs> that he, like, dove for the end zone, and the, the refs were like, oh, but he, he gave himself up. It's not a touchdown. He gave himself up. And it's like, okay, but, like, maybe by the book, that's true, but also use your head. Like, he wasn't <laughs> giving himself up. He was going for the end zone, which just a kind of bizarre use of the rules, but...
1: Yeah, because it's like he's giving himself up. But he's giving himself up to get in the end zone. So yeah, not... and you see that all the
0: time. So, like, why? Yeah, I don't know.
2: I NFL think officiating. They should
0: have just reasoned that one out, but whatever. Um, yeah. Moving along, like we mentioned before, the Bengals just crushed the Ravens uh, in Baltimore, 41-17. to um, This was... Lamar Jackson's first loss in the month of October, and loss to the Bengals. So we almost should have seen it coming because that's too much not to jinx. Am I right?
1: Yeah, you you would have thought that Justin Tucker would have missed multiple kicks by all all those things set. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's just not good luck to uh, have that much uh, going for you. I guess. Um, biggest takeaways from this one is. Uh, either the Ravens' offensive line is a lot worse than we thought, the Bengals' defense is really good, or some kind of mix of both. Uh, this was tied for the most sacks. Lamar Jackson's taken in a regular season game with five. Um, Yeah, he just wasn't able to get comfortable back there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't able to, yeah, sustain drives, get points on the board.
1: Yeah, which is – that's like one of my – most surprising takeaways was that how much the Bengals defense just held them down, especially after late in the game. I don't know if you throw through an interception in the end zone. I was, right. This is big. Like this, the Ravens could get back in it. Like they had, like this is kind of similar situation as to what happened when they played the Chiefs and played the Colts. And yeah. um, I was thinking like, oh, this game's going to have an exciting finish. But then the Bengals just straight up stopped the Ravens on fourth down. I was like, yeah. wait, what? I like, I was like, I, I just was not expecting that to happen. So, yeah, yeah I,
0: I thought this game would be competitive, but that really, like, that was the biggest thing here. And the entire Ravens defense just decided not to tackle this week. Um, <laughs> apparently, yeah, Jamar Chase uh, had a incredible game, um, over two hundred receiving yards, only the sixth player in NFL history with over. 200 yards against the Ravens uh, joining Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., AJ Green, Jimmy Smith, and Isaac Bruce. So a lot of good company there. GFD um, staff. Yeah. He <laughs> has 754 yards, his first seven games, most ever by, yeah, most ever receiving yards by a rookie through seven weeks. Um, By over 60, that's almost 200 more than what Justin Jefferson had last year.
1: Wild. Granted, Justin Jefferson didn't really play in the Vikings' two-first game. A little bit of context, but still, like, what Jamar Chase is doing is... I'm not trying to take away from what Jamar Chase was doing. I was just giving a bit of context. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's competition because in the modern pretense. Yeah, exactly. Um
0: I mean, you just look at how, what Jefferson ended up doing down the stretch, uh, Chase is set to blow those numbers out of the water. Yeah, pretty much. And it seems every week he's catching like a 50-yard, not always a touchdown, but I, I haven't actually looked at the numbers yet, because it'll take a bit of investigation, but I feel like every week he has like a 50-yard highlight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I early on I was like, he looks really good. He's kind of like AJ Brownish, like a more polished AJ Brown, if that makes sense. And I was like, he looks insane, but I can't really see him sustaining these huge plays. And yeah, that's all he's done throughout these past seven games. Even more so, breaking like three tackles for an eighty-two yard touchdown. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like what? Yeah, I said that a lot during this game, but like I was like, oh my god.
0: Yeah uh another good one was uh tight end cj uzama uh he caught three for 91 yards and two touchdowns i don't know if it was just um all the tight end day talk or so it was just um i kind of recognized him more or if tight ends actually just had bigger weeks um on sunday i don't know um
1: a little did, bit of did that. you notice that at all I can a little bit, but it was kinda of funny. It's not like the top tight ends. It's not like I know Waller wasn't playing, but it's not like Waller went crazy or if Kelly yeah went play went crazy and obviously the Chiefs just had an abysmal offensive day, so Kelsey didn't really get the opportunity to go, go nuts, but like it was guys like Anuzama, it was the Kyle Pitts breakout game. Um Foster Moreau had a good game. Uh, I know Mo Ali Cox caught a touchdown for the Colts. Yeah. Anybody, I, he just came across, maybe it's night game bias, but he came across my head. <laughs> uh, Any he, that uh, had a good day? He had
0: a pretty good game, too.
1: Okisiki. Didn't he have like, wasn't it like six, seven catches? 90, 90 yards? I think I wrote it down. Um, I know he's here. Jackal and Hyde. Tyene. Yeah.
0: He's my, my ride or die right now in fantasy, <laughs> and it's been paying off lately, uh, which means something bad is coming soon. Um, <laughs> I didn't write it down. I can look maybe when we get to that game later. But
1: Gotcha. But, yeah, still, still a nice celebrate. Pretty versatile position. And then Uzama for the Bengals was just one of the better tight end performances.
0: Yeah, he was just making big plays. Uh, But then again, everyone was against that defense that day. So, um, yeah, just weird to see. Hopefully they get it together soon. They have their bye this week. Uh, John Harbaugh led Ravens teams, I guess, because he yeah, has been a head coach anywhere else, uh, are historically really good coming off the bye. So, um, yeah. mm-hmm. they should be able to get back on track, I would think. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, they've been a weird – I mean, Injuries have really done this team in, and as to this point, Lamar has just been, in my opinion, the most v- valuable player in football and has been leading this team. But, I mean, they have had slip-ups like, we should have lost to the Lions. They probably should have lost to Kansas City. So they went like a legit legit 5-1 and team going into this game, but I also don't think they're as bad as what they showed getting manhandled by Cincy. I do think that they'll be probably a bit better, but I, I just, I just think their ceiling is limited by the injuries. Yeah, that makes. Not to see.
0: Um, like I said, they they should be at least a little better than they were, uh, week seven. At least a little more willing to, I don't
2: know, tackle <laughs> like receivers in the open field. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, are you ready to move along? Um, yes, another really kind of surprising game. I mean, I I did predict this one, but um, this was yeah, looking at the Titans 27 to 3 over the Chiefs. Um, I don't know, it's, it's weird because I always get excited when the Chiefs lose, not because I don't like the Chiefs, just because it's been so rare. Uh, over the past few years that it's like really interesting when it does happen.
1: Like when the Patriots would lose during yeah. the night. Granted, we, we were both more happy for that, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, yeah, it would just be like they lost and you're just like, Whoa, how did, how did this happen? And then you,
0: yeah, it just feels like such a big deal. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this one was, um. Sorry, just about this one, I guess. Um, (laughs) This was the fewest points scored by the Chiefs in the Andy Reid era, and only the third time they were held under 10. Um,
2: Super Bowl included.
0: Uh, Sorry, that was regular season. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, just a shocker. Yards. Travis Kelsey did catch seven of
1: twelve for sixty-five, so not terrible, but um <laughs> he's kind of situation proof, Kelsey. Yeah. He kind of just balls out like he'll always really have a good game, no matter what, typically.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um sorry, I'm a little scatter brain right now. Um I looking at the stats from this one. It was weird because nothing really screamed like 27 to three loss. Um, the time of possession wasn't terrible. I think the biggest Chiefs were four, and, four for 11 on third downs. And then they turned it over three times. Um, oh, and were gave up four sacks, which when you spend your whole offseason focusing on the offensive line, <laughs> um, and then give up four sacks to a Titans team that I was told had a bad defense. I think they were a little underrated. They underperformed a little bit early in the season, but this obviously showed that they had potential as a unit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, like, I keep saying, like, Kansas City still had an elite offense, or still have an elite offense. So, like, the whole narrative that, um, Mahomes has been quote-unquote figure out is is stupid like they're still like i think um i don't know the exact stats but i know they're eighth in points and they're fifth in yards and and then their first i don't know how i haven't admittedly haven't checked these stats but they were first in yards per drive points per drive and drive success rate of course after this game that's probably changed maybe but um, yeah yeah like their offense is still elite and like that the fact that the Titans just decimated them on a short week like this, like, that's pretty miraculous, and they deserve their prop. But, um, admittedly, this is the highest my panic meter has been for KC, but I think that in a lot of ways, they're due for some positive regression. Um, Their offense is turning the ball over at a league-high a league rate, which... I don't really feel, I don't really think will be sustained. And neither uh, is their defense performing at an all-time bad level. I also don't think that'll be sustained. So, all in all, I think that they put it together to make the postseason. But I, I, it's definitely an uphill battle having one of the toughest schedules in football and all of these issues. Yeah,
2: yeah. isn't objectively
0: bad I think, I think a lot, lot of it's... his game script with the defense being so bad mm-hmm. they're just a little more predictable um, I think Clyde being out kind of makes them a little more one dimensional um, mm-hmm. but yeah they've uh, this was their third straight game with over three turnovers no other team in the league right now has multiple um <laughs> it's the longest active streak of that so while the offense isn't necessarily the problem uh they just got to play cleaner if they're really going to compensate for the way the defense is playing
1: yeah and like it's just a lot of their turnovers is just sloppiness yeah and like he he knows how talented he is so he tries to go for those big plays, the superstar big plays he's built these offenses on, and right now they're just not hitting with the status of their offense and their team. And so he's got to be smarter with that, but at the same time, the team around him <laughs> needs to be better. Yeah, And I've said, I, I preached it all offseason, they really need a legitimate another receiver to threaten a defense. I made a post on a guy last night. I was thinking, like, do you think the chance could be in on Brandon Ayuk trade?
0: That would be interesting. Um, I I, I just don't know what's going on
1: with the 49ers and Ayuk right now.
0: Um, (laughs) So it's hard to really kind of project that. I think it'd be an interesting fit, though.
1: Yeah, like, I, I made a post on it last night, and, and admittedly I was displaying some of my Shanahan confusion and anger, but, um, mm. like, I just don't get how you don't use him, and like, I've watched, I went back and I watched tape, and I was like, he looks like the same, when he gets the ball in his hands, he looks like the same player he looked like as a rookie, so I, I don't really get how he goes from 60 catches and seven touchdowns as a rookie to 16 targets through seven games. Without him missing any time, really. So, yeah. I, I Apparently, they do not value him at all. So, if you're KC, well, we need another receiver. You want to get this offense back on track. And, of course, back on track for them is not being fifth in yards and eighth in points. It's being <laughs> higher because their standards, like I said last podcast, Mahomes are so high. Like, imagine yeah. Brandon Nyuk on this offense, how good he could be. Like, that's just throwing a guy out there. I don't know. And yeah, you know, if I'm the Chiefs, like draft capital assets don't really mean a ton to you because you have Patrick Mahomes. You're trying to win. That's something to look out for potentially at the trade deadline.
2: Yeah.
0: No, it's definitely probably worth a call. Um, yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, they did like just spend a first round pick on him, so I yeah yeah. I just I just don't know. what's to-
1: Yeah, no. I know it's a, maybe a little sidetracking, but like I think that's someone who could really help the Chiefs out. And I know the Chiefs were also also calling the Steelers about Melvin Ingram, so they're trying to oh, yeah. clear about some defensive players. So um, yeah, I think they're going to make some moves. I would bet on it just for them to really try to strengthen this team, which needs it. So um, I guess I just tell people that hope could be on the way for Kansas City and um I don't expect them to be this bad going forward they've done so much going to three straight AFC championships should have won the three straight Super Bowls so I'm I'm not writing them off just yet but um they have it's a big hill to climb
0: yeah for sure and they really got to get it together uh this week um <laughs> playing the Giants I believe they're hosting the Giants on Monday night I
1: don't Very interesting sure. choice for a primetime game, but Yeah,
0: I mean it should be <laughs> interesting. Um I yeah, I did a little kind of projection of how I think the season will play out, mostly to see uh what the Chiefs make of the playoffs. And the way I saw it going, they finished ten and seven, uh mm. which is good enough for a wild card spot, but that's assuming they win. The- if they don't, it gets a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. This and is... I'm not going to predict, obviously, the and But it's possible. Uh, I mean, anything is, obviously. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, time to put
1: up, I guess. Yeah. I mean, when you have the best quarterback in football versus Patrick Mahomes, who knows what can happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a pretty elite matchup there. Um,
1: Imagine it, if Danny Dimes throws a sidearm touch sidearm no look touchdown. Yeah, yeah, Vanilla, and then, Vanilla then Mahomes.
0: Yeah, this the last game, I don't remember, but there was one. Um, sorry, this just popped back in my head. Um, <laughs> you remember his left handed pass? a couple of years ago that he literally just kind of like lobbed it like five yards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody lost their minds. He had
0: a throwaway. I believe it was in the Titans game where he switched it to his left hand and threw it like 20, 25 yards out of bounds. Really? And that was a lot more impressive to me than the little like five yard flick he did the first time. That was really interesting
1: to see. Um, Yeah, because I mean, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, thinking back to the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes' incompletions are more impressive than most NFL starting quarterbacks' actual passes, like, seeing him fall horizontally to the ground and sidearm it down the field and hit his receiver in the helmet, and then complete a deep, or throw a deep ball to the end zone while getting tackled by Devin White, I believe, and being a perfect placement for his receiver to catch it, like, Those are the two most impressive passes I saw all season. They were incompletions.
2: Yeah.
1: Had one.
0: I guess we'll. uh, I'll I'll come back to that later. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Move things along. Uh, Kind of speaking of the Giants with their upcoming game, they were able to beat the Panthers. Rest in peace, the Panthers' offense. I guess That's just not a good performance. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: um, Sam, did, yeah, Sam Darnold got benched after leading the team to only three points. Um, not the worst quarterback game ever, but uh, yeah, Giants' defense racked up six sacks and an interception. Um, really important game for uh the Giants I guess being able to bounce back when they needed it and obviously there's the Daniel Jones catch. Uh probably I don't know, probably the most impressive um catch in Giants history that I can remember. I don't know if hmm. I don't know if they have anything else uh really notable to compare I, I it to.
1: But, I can't think of one.
0: Yeah. Um that's the stuff of legend right there. So um <laughs> Yeah, nothing super super explosive from him. But a nice team win. Not too much else to say about the actual game itself. But I do want to look at um, the Panthers quarterback room a little bit. Obviously, Darnold got benched. Uh, P.J. Walker was not an upgrade at all, really. Um,
1: Oh, who would have thought? Yeah. Uh,
0: You know what I thought was funny was... In the XFL, PJ Walker was like, "Oh yeah, the MVP, like going crazy," and Taylor Heineke wasn't even starting. And then <laughs> here we are, now in the NFL. The only reason Walker's on an NFL roster is because he has experience with Matt Rule, while Heineke's making a I and mean, he's showing potential as a starter.
1: Uh, so I thought that was <laughs>
0: funny, but. um
1: yeah, I remember yeah. watching PJ Walker in, Xf- in the XFL and being wowed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it just didn't translate. I guess um, just weird to see. Anyways, um, looks like the Panthers' franchise quarterback of the future is not currently on the roster. Um. I yeah I don't know interesting quarterback class but if you were looking right now um I was assuming we mentioned Watson before but some other quarterbacks that came to mind that would be easy ish to trade for uh there's Mitchell Trubisky currently the backup in Buffalo uh, and a
1: former MVP
0: exactly um <laughs> It was that sounded a lot more impressive when it was like a one time uh, thing.
1: Yeah. Um, now they just now they now they just give it out to anyone.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he did he did set the pace though. Uh, everybody's trying to live up to that. Um,
1: <laughs> He'll always be the. Yeah. Everyone else is just like pretenders.
0: Yeah. Everybody's just living in a shadow with that. Um, <laughs> a couple more are would be possible um is Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe. Mm. Uh I don't know if he'd be an upgrade over Darnold, but um <laughs> Yeah. Italian then, like
1: Bortles Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh and then I uh, thought Drew Locke was another kind of interesting name to throw out there. Um I don't know. Do you think they should try to address anything or kind of see how the rest of the season plays out. Um,
1: if it was me, I'd probably just stay with Darnold for the rest of the season and just see how that goes. Maybe he starts to figure some things out. I know people would be rolling their eyes at this, like I sometimes roll my eyes at GFP stats. Mm. Um, that, that was obviously a joke, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I would just, keep, just wait the season out with Darnold and just see. And this, like. Make it clear that this is his last shot, without doubt, without a doubt. But um, obviously, if they can acquire Watson, I'd say go for it. Like that would be my main target if I'm the Panthers, because Watson, in my opinion, could take this team into playoff slash contending, can put them in that playoff slash contending realm. Um, to be honest, I. You, you gave your list of quarterbacks, Watson, Trubisky, Garoppolo, and Locke, and I'd agree with all those. I'd also say that maybe Minshew could be a potential option if oh yeah all else fails. I mean, he's efficient in his own ways. Obviously, maybe there's some talent deficiencies there, but I think if you're putting a list with, like, Trubisky, Garoppolo, and Locke, I kind of feel like Minshew should be on it, too. Not saying Yeah, he, you got to slip my mind. Yeah, I, I feel like he should at least be mentioned. I don't, I don't know if, I don't think they should go with him. But um, yeah, if I was the Panthers, I'd maybe be on the lookout for Watson. But um, I don't, know, I, I would roll with Darnold. I mean, the second. Um, he's still talented. I just, you know, maybe they get CMC back, and there's a bit more stability in their offense, and maybe he can be okay and string together some good games, and then, um. Yeah, so I would say not give up on Darnold just yet, but, you know, obviously you have to keep in the back of your mind for the Panthers that this guy has not really been a good NFL quarterback for any stretches of time and that you're closer to not than probably moving on.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you definitely kind of want to wait and see. It depends how they think they are. Um Kind of internally, I guess, what they think the rest of the season looks like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm from that one. If you are, um, yeah, yeah, I'm all good. Looking at the Patriots over the Jets, uh, just an absolute slaughter, dropping fifty-four to thirteen. Um, just the kind of game that you know makes Bill Belichick. Smirk si- slightly on the sidelines. <laughs> um, I think, but yeah, kind of the biggest thing from this, um, this is a pretty good three and four team. Um, yeah. Two of their losses were close ones to one loss teams. Um,
1: Bucks in Dallas.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously one going to overtime, one losing on a last, or I guess, Failing to win on a last-second field goal. Um, But they're better than their record shows. I think they're definitely still in reach of the playoffs. This was just kind of the (laughs) dominant win that you want to see from a team in their position at this point in the season to just kind of reaffirm who they are. Um, Jones had a solid game. Uh, This is kind of classic look at how the Patriots split up their running back (laughs) workload. Um Harris had 100 yards and two touchdowns J.J. Taylor had two more touchdowns on the ground and then uh Brandon Bolden had 79 receiving yards and a touchdown so that's just kind of the trend that you've seen with them pretty much since Belichick uh, was hired really they haven't like that's the kind of thing that you'd see from one guy and they have three guys doing it uh, yeah. I think that's kind of Kind of a classic look from them. Um, yeah,
1: and it's been, in all honesty, the winning formula from teams for teams to have multiple backs that are useful. Um, like thinking like the Nick Foles Eagles were like that. Obviously, the Patriots were like that. On um, the Bucks this past season were kind of like that. Although Fournette had a really good postseason, so teams that are successful tend to have two, three useful backs and not rely on, like, a bell cow to, you know, carry the offense or to carry the run game. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like the the Patriots just
0: split it up so much more and more, like, clearly defined roles, kind of,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where they always have, like, a designated receiving guy and, like, a goal line guy and then kind of like a, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, Dar- Damien Harris is a, really good talent and he rarely ever catches passes for this offense he's kind of just the workhorse ish as much as bill belichick could have one but um it is interesting when he sprinkles in bolden and taylor for the receiving work
0: yeah for sure uh defensively pretty good showing uh, obviously holding them to 13 points um Two Interceptions and a couple of sacks as well. Kind of the biggest news coming out of this one was uh, Zach Wilson will miss three to four weeks with a PCL sprain, and naturally, the Jets traded for Joe Flacco. Uh, um, uh, hmm.
2: who Gilded. would it, right?
0: Yeah, uh, the Jets' next four games are against the Bengals. Colts, Bills, and Dolphins. So my kind of question was, like, what was the best-case scenario for those games with Wilson? So what does that make – like, is it – yeah, how does that kind of justify the trade if they probably – I mean, I look at that, and I don't – like, I don't see better than one and three realistically – if that, like, I would expect them to lose all About these yeah. And obviously, they probably don't expect that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just don't really see the point. I mean, obviously, they didn't give up a lot, and maybe it's kind of a mentor thing that they're looking for. But why wait until this point when you went this far into the season without uh, an experienced quarterback on the roster?
1: Yeah, I totally agree, and a lot of rookies have a backup or a veteran backup, even if a starter for a while like Flacco was, just to help show them the ropes. Yeah. Josh McCown type. I know he's retired, I believe, so, like, yeah, someone like that that can just be a friendly presence that can help show them what it's like to play NFL football. Yeah. I feel like not giving Wilson one is kind of – pretty negligent and kind of bad on Salah's to the coaching staff's um, part for not thinking like, yeah, we're going to have, you know, Mike White who's never thrown an NFL pass behind Zach Wilson, who's in a terrible situation all around and um, is kind of thrown to the fire on this pretty bad teams, Jets team with a bunch of injuries. So like, he already has, like, no shot, and then you're not even giving him a veteran to help out. So just a weird, very Jets-esque decision, yeah. you know. To answer your first question, what's the best-case scenario? I, I don't think it's – it's not changed at all with Flacco. It's it's kind of funny when you see a team facing the Bengals. how that game would go is drastically different now so it's like yeah that's probably yeah I mean
0: started the season I would have expected this to be close and now I expect something a lot closer to um how week seven went for the Jets so
1: yeah so like that's probably a blowout Colts are rolling that's a loss Bills I shouldn't even bring that that's just (laughs) that's gonna be bad and then Dolphins um who knows the Dolphins but like I I still I still think they're good enough to beat the Jets so yeah Yeah. it's probably 0-4 and and good thing the Jets got the Titans in a week without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and they were able to to get that win and an impressive performance nonetheless because gosh they might not win another game looking, (laughs) looking at the way things are going so at least they got that one and um, um Zach Wilson, who's now her, and this whole season's a mess, but you know, hopefully they're building something there among the wreckage.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe they did realize that they just needed some kind of veteran presence, so they pulled the plu like pulled the trigger on that trade. Um, but yeah, just from like an on the field standpoint, I don't really. Get the point, um, but mm-hmm. Jets are gonna jet, I guess. Um, <laughs> moving along, uh, looking at the Falcons over the Dolphins, thirty to twenty eight. P- one of the most interesting, like uh, I guess, exciting games of the week, given that it was close. Um, like to see a good winning, good game winning drive from Matt Ryan, uh, considering. I don't know, just all the all the unfortunate circumstances for them over the past few years. Um I could think of one game in particular. Yeah, uh <laughs> it's probably a couple. Um, but uh yeah, especially when he's um, given some big place to Kyle Pitts while he's doing it. Um <laughs> I was fortunate enough to grab him in our uh dynasty startup draft so um <laughs> probably not gonna have to worry about the tight end position ever which is nice um you know for only like a decade yeah, uh, yeah so most, i think yeah, you're okay uh, but uh,
1: loss, maybe with the way guys are playing you yeah know, with the way sports medicine's improving
0: yeah true um you know if, if brady just keeps riding this way he'll be around until he's like 60 so um <laughs> Can only imagine what it's going to be like for yeah younger players down the stretch but um that's a big tangent that we don't need to go on um yeah the Falcons are quietly back to 500 at 3-3 and which is kind of intriguing I don't really know um what they're gonna look like for the rest of the season but I mean they're not in a bad place right now they're kind of better than i Thought they would be.
1: Hell, oh, they're better than the Dolphins. <laughs> Apparently, so that's like, not hard. But yeah, um... like, yeah. I mean, I was somewhat high on um, Atlanta going in the season. By high, I mean not thinking they were going to be terrible. I think I had them like six, six, seven wins. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think that they're more of an average team than people were giving them credit for, and it's nice to see them putting it together to have, you know. A respectable season so far. Three and three, five hundred, you know, they're kind of in it. As things are right now. Hard to believe since they were so terrible early on, like getting blown out by the Eagles and you know, their offense being kinda stuttering. Yeah, for sure. And I like they have the talent that
0: this wasn't a fluke. Like they could be competitive, I guess. I just I don't know what to expect. Um yeah at least offensive Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely interesting to look at right now. Um I guess another big one from this game, especially with the uh trade deadline coming up and the uh Deshaun Watson kind of rumors swirling is uh is like, should Tua be worried about losing a starting job there? Um, I'm weird because I don't like the Dolphins, but I do kind of like Tua. I think he's definitely a little um a little over hated at this point in his mm-hmm. career. Uh he's only started 13 games. He has a winning record, two to one touchdown interception ratio, um, which isn't amazing, but it also isn't terrible i mean you look at how guys like trevor lawrence and justin fields and zach wilson are starting their careers um if people after the season were calling for them to uh lose their jobs i guess that would be ridiculous but (laughs) i obviously with tua there's a clear talent disadvantage compared to those guys but i think the point still stands where he has room to develop he has a good enough arm, I would say. Obviously it's not great, but I think he can make a lot of the throws that he needs to. Um I just think, yeah, people need to calm down and give the guy a chance.
1: Yeah, and honestly, over you know, watching some film and kind of thinking about him, I agree with that. And um it's kind of funny how much I flipped my stance on him from going into the season. I thought he was gonna have a really big year just looking at their weapons. And then I started watching them play and I'm like, this is kind of just a worse version of what the dolphins were last year. So then I kind of cut off. I got off the hype train almost as fast as I got on it. (laughs) But now I'm kind of watching him, especially last game where he threw, you know, he has first four touchdown pass performance looked good. And of course he has his weekly dumb turnover. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I always say 85% of a quarterback success in my opinion, in this situation. And I kind of feel like Brian Flores has kind of fumbled this whole situation with Tua. And I feel like it's caused a lot of turmoil within the team, like playing him suddenly over Ryan Fitzpatrick without even telling the offensive coordinator first. Oh yeah. But that definitely roped the team the wrong way. And then going into this season, um Tua wasn't voted a captain by his Dolphins teammates, which is kind of alarming since almost yeah. every quarterback gets voted as a captain, like even young quarterbacks. Like I know Trevor Lawrence was voted the captain by the Jaguars. So like that was alarming. And I kind of feel like Tua has gotten the short end of the stick from a perspective of his offensive lines being bad. His defense is bad right now, which I did not expect. This is kind of known for defense. But then again, Flores was known for a lot of things, and hmm. they are not par- not looking good. So, um, I would say if I'm Miami, I'm giving two of the rest of the season before I'm looking for Deshaun Watson, especially yeah. since I feel like I I've said this earlier, but I'm just going to reiterate. I might put it in the post as well to articulate things better. But I just don't feel like dishing out a ton of assets to get Deshaun. I mean, there's still a bunch of issues on their team. That yes, Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than possibly Tua will ever be, but like, how much is Deshaun Watson going to help, especially if Deshaun Watson maybe facing a hefty suspension or a trial or something for what's going on off the field? So, in the words of Thanos, perhaps I was too harsh on you <laughs> regarding Tua. Of course, phrasing there, but um. I just think Miami should just try to improve the situation around him and see what he can do, because he was still a very prolific quarterback at Alabama. And um, I think he deserves a shot going forward. Of course, things have been ugly, but things are ugly with a lot of young quarterbacks. So I think they should just try to stay the course for at least the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Yeah, I do see the argument that, like, Well, if you have the chance to get that clear upgrade, then you should take it. But at the same time, I think in the long run, Tua and three first-round players uh, should be better for the franchise all around.
1: Yeah, and it's like, like you you said, it is easy to be tempted by Deshaun Watson. But, you know, sometimes, like you said, just cleaning up things in-house could Bring you better results in the long run, which is what Miami should be looking for.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we should move along from this one because um, we're yeah we're running a little later than I thought we would be at this point, but that's <laughs> yeah nothing to complain about there. Um, Time flies when you're kind of quick. Yeah, uh, kind of quickly looking at the Rams over the Lions. Obviously, the Stafford revenge game. Um, love to see what the sorry, what the Lions did, um, early in this one, uh, coming out with the onside kick after their opening drive, extending that with the fake punt, getting that, um, 10 nothing lead early. Uh, but I think the biggest difference here was the quarterbacks, uh, which I mean, you kind of expect. Uh, with how that trade went down. But Goff, one touchdown, two interceptions. Stafford, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, so in a nine-point game, that's a big difference maker.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, um, I have to admit, I was very excited early on. It was 10-0. And I was seeing <laughs> Motor City Dan pull out all the stops. I've seen a joke. I've heard a joke that people say that Dan Campbell calls a football game like a drunk fan in a bar. <laughs> Go for it! Fake punt!
0: Yeah.
1: um, I guess that's what
0: makes him so likable, is that he's so relatable in the way that he's just kind of doing what all of us want to see. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and, like, it's very likable, and um, I know, like, the media kind of gave him, like, this meathead kind of narrative, but, like, he kind of does whatever what coach to do. He cares about his players so much that he's crying after losing on a field goal because he feels for his team because of how hard they work. And that's someone you want Team, And that he's emotional in a good way and that he's going to pull all the stops to win. And that's why this game was somewhat interesting despite such a huge talent disparity, which adds on to my thought that they are the probably the best 0-17 that I've ever seen. And they will earn eventually they will earn a win. I have to finish that sentence if <laughs> they earn a win eventually. And I don't know when it's going to come, but I think it will come. And going down the line, I think this will really help the Lions out to become better than what the Lions typically are.
0: Yeah, they got a lot of work in front of them. I think they're definitely uh, definitely due for an upset at some point, And it's going to be Pretty exciting when it does happen. Um, oh, it's going to yeah. be so biting off knee calves. It's yeah.
1: going to be an adventure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, moving on. Uh, just kind of quickly Raiders over the Eagles. Nothing really surprising here. Raiders kind of did what they should have. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been better lately than I thought they were. Um, maybe Gruden was really just holding the back more than I thought. Uh, so kind of credit where it's due there Mm -hmm. um like you kind of mentioned before foster Moreau had a good game coming in uh with waller out he caught six of six for 60 yards and a touchdown um yeah anything else to throw in there
1: yeah i would just say is time the teams with interim head coaches tend to win early in their runs with interim head coaches and i think this is a good example apparent this Raiders team just seems like they have more energy and I'm curious to see if that kind of gets them back on track and gets them uh, into the postseason potentially because the AFC is so loaded, but I think they have a shot to get one of those wildcard spots.
0: Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, speeding things along uh, kind of quickly on the Cardinals and the Texans, uh, Texans choked a five nothing lead which is weird uh Cardinals tied for the fourth most 30 plus point games through 7 weeks in the Super Bowl era with six behind only the 2013 Broncos, 2000 Rams and 2007 Patriots. Um, all
1: historic offenses.
0: Yeah. Just really um, all
1: three are like some of the greatest offenses ever. This yeah. Exactly.
0: Um Yeah. Uh obviously that didn't get added to last night, but this was made before that.
1: So um <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um another kind of weird thing, how is JJ Watt so big and so he's like two hundred pounds or whatever of like one hundred percent muscle, yet he's hurt all the time. Like how is his body capable of getting injured?
1: I, I mean it's more. I think it's more so just wear and tear, playing all these snaps and, and giving his all for the Houston Texans. He kind of just wore on his body, but obviously when he's on the field, he's still an effective defensive player and he can still produce at a decently high level. So it's it's sad to see, but I I think his his presence will always be felt as you know a motivator and a locker room guy. So this is you know this is tough for the Cardinals. And they had a tough loss last night, but that team is still really talented. I think they still have a really good shot at going far in the postseason.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll have to see how they feel that loss down the stretch. Um, Yeah, jumping over to the Bucs and the Bears. Um, Wow, 38-3. to Justin Fields had five turnovers. Um, Like I said before, he... He has a lot of talent. He just needs to play smarter. Um, Spooky. The Bucks had six scoring drives. You know how many of them started on the Bears' side of the field? I mean, I know you do because I have it written down and you're looking at it, but five. <laughs> five of their six scoring drives um, were, yeah, started in um, the Bears' side of the field, which is just absurd. Um,
1: Matt Nagy moment. Yeah. I <laughs>
0: pretty much everything that could go wrong for an offense did. Um,
1: <laughs> it should be called, instead of Murphy's law, should be called him...
0: Yeah. I that should be I a think thing. Work for that. Um,
1: I might even write it down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, another kind of big one from this one, Uh Tom Brady, 600 touchdown pass uh, first to get to that milestone. So that's interesting. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> Punching the, the guy <laughs> who <laughs> uh, Mike Evans gave the ball away. Um, the guy that ended up giving the ball back is getting so much in return, which I mean, kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure any like actual fan of the game would give it back for free, no
1: questions asked. Um, to that ball would sell for so much money. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, where's the heart in that, right? Like, I don't I know. Mean, there's a heart in the ton of money, ton of money, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that. Like, they didn't give the ball to a kid or something. They gave it to a grown man who's getting the bag from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, I...
0: Okay, if I was in that situation, I'd probably just ask for, like, a different ball, maybe signed or something, and I'd be content. But he's getting balls, he's getting jerseys, he's getting a helmet. Um Bitcoin from then, Tom Brady. Yeah, a single Bitcoin. I'm surprised the... uh the worth of that isn't going to drop now that we find out that he's uh, letting it go. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just a lot. I mean, good for him, I guess. Just kind of. <coughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, very, very lucky situation to be in. But um,
1: unlike yeah. Justin Fields. So
0: <laughs> yeah, did you have anything else to add for that? performance before we move along
1: yes obviously I am a resident Justin Field stand, but um he was he was seeing ghosts on Sunday and uh, hindsight's really hitting me like a ton of bricks in regards to his situation he should not be playing and this is not him obviously he's not playing well but like this Bears offense is just her- horrendous Nagy stinks, their line stinks, their scheming stinks. Apparently Justin Fields wasn't even getting a ton of first team reps in training camp, according according to a recent Allen Robinson quote where he said yeah. that they didn't get a ton of work together in the preseason. And I'm like, Why? So apparently Matt Nagy was never really planning on playing Fields. I that's the gist I get. So like, why is Justin Fields on the field? Yeah. I don't know. But um I really wish that you know Matt Nagy continues not to listen to people, and uh, just kept Fields on the sideline for this whole season, or you know maybe traded him somewhere where he mm. could actually have a good situation. So um I feel for Justin Fields, but like I said last time, I don't think that I think he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. This is just kind of a you know Matt Nagy led slap in the face to him. Yeah, I mean, all the
0: all the talent is there. Obviously, it's just a big learning curve, I guess, especially when you're not getting first team reps in training camp, which you think you'd want him to have. Just
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. like I
0: mean, yeah, like Andy Dalton doesn't need all those. Um, (laughs) It's definitely more worthwhile to have fields out there, but
1: yeah, yeah, big Richard Nick is the goats like why why is he he doesn't need to practice yeah so, he
0: doesn't to like, show up to training camp uh. <laughs> yeah
1: apparently so, <laughs> so yeah i just i i feel for justin fields but like kind of like what's with, with with zach wilson i don't think it's the end of the world i think they're still going to be quality quarterbacks in fact i think all these first round rookie quarterbacks are going to have decent careers too so yeah i mean don't give up on young quarterbacks early and remember that situation is 85% of a quarterback's play.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Great point to move on that game. uh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Colts over 49ers kind of sloppy, but the 49ers dropped four in a row after a promising 2 0 start. Uh, wentz had that ugly kind of flip fumble thing, uh, where he kind of tossed it straight to the defender. Uh, but uh, you could probably chalk that up to the weather and a few <laughs> dropped picks. Um, but generally continued his streak of solid play. Touchdown and interception ratio is now 11 to one, and he was 10 and 10 at this point last year uh so that's a solid improvement i would say
1: yeah and he's been really good i I think i noted it last podcast i noted it in some posts but like he's just been really efficient and he's kind of doing less of the custom carson wentz hero ball while still being aggressive and pushing the ball downfield but he's just being efficient and he's being smarter and yeah like, like you said like that fumble was weird i don't really know what his thought process was there but like it's just a crazy weird brainy game and we saw it especially in Jimmy G. I know that Jimmy G isn't that good but like we mm-hmm. saw him you know like basically throw a pass that just like slipped out of his hands. <laughs> and yeah. Just, like, and I can- think
0: that was that was kind of the deal on Wentz's too where uh he had the guy open behind him but it, yeah just with the pressure I think the ball kind of got tipped out of his hand as well. It just didn't go Anywhere that he wanted it to.
1: Yeah, so this is just like a weird rainy game. They probably should have moved, but at the end of the day, it was played. And I really feel like the outcome of this matchup leads both teams on very different trajectories. The Colts are kind of a threat in the AFC South. It's it's really just them and the Titans are in Fuego at the moment, but you never know what can happen. They they slip up sometimes and have weird kind of stretches so the Colts are very much in it and the Niners are kind of out of it for uh second to last in their division to Seattle cuz Seattle obviously does not have Russell Wilson who is also one of the most valuable players in football but in general i just don't really know with the Niners going forward cuz Obviously, my gripes with Shanahan, but the team has injuries. And I don't know what's going on with the, the quarterback situation. And, yeah, I just think the Colts are on a very upward trajectory and the Niners are on a very downward trajectory, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I agree 100%. I mean, obviously, the Colts started 0-3, but have won um, three of the last four since then. We got another tough test uh, this week playing the titans for the second time this year um Hmm. but after that they get the jets and the jaguars
1: so yeah um it's it's interesting how they've already they're each other twice in very early when like some other divisions have their divisional games really packed into the later stretches of the season which like the afc north for example a lot of their games are like Right near the end, against each other.
0: Yeah, and it's weird to see, um, especially with who generally should be considered the two best teams in this division, um, playing each other. Yeah, twice within the first eight weeks. Where I mean, you look at down the stretch, that could be um, huge, huge for them, maybe even yeah. yeah, like competing for the division if you put that in like week eighteen. Um so yeah, you're right. That is kind of interesting
1: scheduling there. Cuz imagine if like they were playing each other with the division on the line. Like that would be like insane. Like that would probably be flexed like a Sunday night game. That would be like huge cuz like when are you got a home That's huge. So Yeah. I said huge like three times in that <laughs> entire night. I mean, it's very huge. Um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I it's just know. Sorry, go ahead. I would say it's just interesting because, like, I say it's not if you play a team, it's when you play a team. It'd be interesting if they played early and they played really late. So, just to see the differences and how things have progressed around playoff time. I just think it's kind of weird by the NFL, among many weird things the NFL does, to have them playing so early.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, Last game of Week 7, and then we'll get into our GOAT of the week. Uh, Mm -hmm. 13-10. to Win for the Saints in Seattle. Um, I was surprised this wasn't higher scoring, at least on the Saints' end. Uh, but I guess weather also not great in the Pacific Northwest for this one. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like um, the
1: Sunday night game with the rain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara put the Saints' offense and my dynasty fantasy team on his back. Uh, I think I needed like 31 points from him to win my matchup. And he had like 29 in the first half. So that was really nice to see. I know you're not a huge fan of um, overvaluing players for their fantasy production, but I just thought <laughs> yeah. that deserved a bit of a shout out there. Um,
1: yeah. I, 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 know I'm, I, I probably get a bit of flack for that, but I don't know. I always get kind of annoyed when people kind of talk about players just regarding fantasy. Like, when I saw that Devontae Adams was out, the entire comment section, damn it, he was on my fantasy team. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what Devontae Adams is worried about right now.
0: Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that makes... Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the fantasy football counselor.
1: Oh, I'm only familiar with him just solely because I hear people talking about how terrible of a human being he is.
0: He's just so
1: toxic he made like um he made a video
0: after calvin ridley after it was announced that calvin ridley was gonna miss their game um i believe it was against the jets for personal reasons and he was like <laughs> what you're gonna you're not playing for personal reasons that's stupid and it's like okay well i mean he doesn't care what you think um
1: yeah. so yeah he's just so obnoxious um yeah. like i not to like carry on about this but i remember him making like celebration videos after cmc and jk dobbins got hurt because yeah he, like, and i was just like dude like come on like like you're, you're smart because somebody got hurt like you, you just look like a terrible person because you're celebrating and yeah. getting hurt like like no one like, and like i understand where we live in the age of saying stupid things on the internet to get attention, and I know that's I I, I would hope that that's his intention I, would, I wish that he didn't do things like that, but if he's doing things like that, I wish that was, I hope that's his intention but, um, I don't know, I just I just can't stand when people prioritize fantasy when evaluating players in general, but like, when I say that like, he's not usually what I'm referring to, but he's a huge negative aspect of that thought process. Yeah. I could go
0: on a lot more about um, the disdain that I have for that man, but
1: um, I just don't get how he's propelled by like on social media, like how he has followers and people. That yeah. just, he has like so many, but I just, I don't see the appeal because there's so many good,
0: um, decent human um <laughs> fantasy uh accounts out there. Um I just don't understand
1: why people indulge that guy. But um I mean I could say bots, but like I I, I doubt that there's that many bots. So like it just doesn't make any yeah. sense.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean this yeah, is a bit off
1: topic but yeah. Um what I did ex-
0: think for value individual fantasy performances is when like it's close and i'm like okay i have a chance if this happens and then like if it does happen it's really exciting if it doesn't it's a bit of a letdown but i'm not like super torn up Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of where i was at with camara for this one um i broke it down Jameis winston when targeting alvin Kamara 10 for 11 128 yards one touchdown Jameis winston when targeting literally anyone else nine for 20 94 yards uh no touchdowns (laughs) no picks um so yeah the uh the saints need help bad um obviously we kind of thought that uh callaway could be that guy while thomas was out that's not really playing out um so hopefully thomas is back soon i don't know what the timeline is like don't really want to dwell on that too much. I just thought it was interesting to look at. Um, kind of another big one from this game. DK Metcalf had that huge touchdown early, but kind of disappeared after credit to the Saints defense for that one, really showing out down the stretch. Um, individual that I would like to highlight. Demario Davis had 10 tackles, two for a loss, three quarterback hits, two sacks and a deflection. Um, Mm -hmm. including two big plays uh, that really won the game, or at least put it away for them, was um, he had the sack to force 4th and 18 with a minute and 13 seconds left and then almost intercepted it on the next play. Uh, I just think he's one of the most underappreciated players overall in the league Mm
1: -hmm. looking at linebackers. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, I think I made a post about this. A really long time ago, saying that he was one of the most underrated defensive players in football, and he showed it again in a game that the Saints really needed to secure. And game flow made it so that it had to be important. But um, kind of carrying on with another thought, I know you brought up his late time, you know, late sack on what could have what could have been a game-winning drive for Seattle, and almost Geno Smith after. Um, it's pretty unacceptable, Geno you know, Smith taking two sacks on second and third down to create yeah. like a fourth and you said it was fourth and eighteen.
2: Yeah,
1: oh, I thought it was longer than that, but um, just a fourth and long that was just impossible, oh, dan- dang near impossible to convert. Like Geno Smith's been in the league long enough to know to not do that. <laughs> like like in this in seattle's been competitive in their last two games without russell wilson but like plays like that make you realize like yeah they need russell wilson like pro- almost more than any other team needs their quarterback like watching that
2: i was like you yeah. didn't even give
1: him a shot and then like these late game situations like geno smith is just like allergic to like fumbling against the steelers and then game before that he threw an interception against the rams to end out the game he just has really anywhere you could find he's just not being able to capitalize in these late game situations yeah you're right i
0: think definitely well first of all you were right it was fourth and 28 i was looking at it the wrong way um it was third and 18 when he got the sack ah uh, pushed it back 10 more yards then it was fourth and 28 um so, yeah, you're right there. But, yeah, I think that's definitely one aspect where you really miss Wilson is he's probably not going to take those sacks, uh, definitely have a better chance of turning those into positive plays.
1: Granted, that game probably wouldn't have been close with Russell Wilson if the Saints' offense was like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's hard to say. The Seahawks' offense definitely did have their share of down games even with Wilson, but mm-hmm. – um, Yeah, for sure.
1: He's still one of the most clutch quarterbacks in football. So even if it just came down to that drive, I'm betting so much more on Russell Wilson than...
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think that kind of wraps up um, that game, looking at where the Seahawks are at right now. Um, Did you have anything else to add quick before we get into the GOAT of the week?
1: No, not really. No, it was just overall just kind of a lackluster week. But maybe that's like a calm before a storm, perhaps.
0: No, perhaps. (laughs) We'll have to see. Um, But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Like I said, I'm pretty sure I announced the nominees, didn't I? Um, Yeah, this week we had my pick was Dernis Johnson. Uh, you had Kyle Pitts, and the fan mm-hmm. nominee was Camara. Kamara. Um, Ironic. Yeah, so I'll announce uh, third place first. Um, you have a pretty good history of picking these third place uh, players, because that was Kyle Pitts with 11 votes. Um, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. The followers hate me. I guess. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, it's kind of the nature of that. Sometimes there's an obvious one. Sometimes, yeah, I don't know. Uh, But anyways, this week's winner uh, with 27 votes is Ernest Johnson. Um, Wow. Yeah, big game for him in his first career start. I think that's kind of the nature of the award that I was going for. um, Was, yeah, the way that he... Kind of came out of nowhere and really put that offense on his back for the win in prime time. Um, great showing there. And then Kamara had 17 votes, which was reasonable. I thought that was a decent enough distribution uh, to announce it there. Obviously, it was only open for an hour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's on me. I'll be a little more on top of that for next week, hopefully.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not mad because he did de-earn it. But...
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know, I just felt like Kyle Pitts just really showed his potential. His route tree is really more advanced than really any and maybe outside of Darren Waller and he's a rookie. So I just kinda couldn't go with Pitts after that game, but I can't I can't get mad at this. Pitts has some sideline catches in that game that made him look
0: like a veteran wide receiver, not a rookie tight end.
1: Like I said in my post about him, that's pretty lengthy. I said that he resembles the guy Atlanta just traded away more than he resembles any other tight end. Yeah, that's that true. guy. I is Julio Jones. For those who don't know, I was trying to be extra dramatic <laughs> when I said that. Yeah, just to clarify. <laughs>
0: yeah um but yeah, with that, I think that's it for the... kinda out of time to talk about um Thursday night. but yeah we'll we'll get back to that for next week's show. um but yeah, Ryan, thanks again for chatting. always it's it's
1: my pleasure. yeah,
0: it's great. um yeah. Sorry, I am drained right now. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, big week of football coming up. Um. I believe I saw somewhere that I between um college and the NFL, there's a streak of like twenty-seven straight games with national with like televised football. Uh. Sorry, I think I said games. I meant days, but I think that uh came through anyways uh so just yeah a lot to look forward to i guess um but yeah that's it for today thanks again for listening and yeah hope to see Mm -hmm. you guys back next week
1: thank you for listening all
0: right take care everybody